and welcome to a great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight for a very special podcast is Tommy Johnson. Is <laughs> Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. And it's a very special podcast because I hope everyone had a very good Thanksgiving, by the way. But Christmas came early for Tiger fans because we now have our new head football coach. And he is Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. Uh, I don't know if anyone really saw it coming except for, you know, the very inner, inner, inner circle. You know, it was like a one-foot radius of Scott Woodward. Uh, but I don't know. I think everyone was kind of going in different directions. It was all over the place. But uh, we now know that Brian Kelly is officially going to be the head football coach. He addressed the team this afternoon. Uh, it looked like a kind of an awkward situation, but, you know, who, who knows? Uh, to be expected, I guess, somewhat. But uh, I think we're all probably excited about that. All the ones that thought Scott, Scott Woodward swung and missed on so many, uh, I, I think they're happy with this decision. Uh, but, you know, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about LSU's season-ending win, uh, Coach Orgeron's final game as LSU coach over Texas A&M. The 15th-ranked Aggies, by the way. You would think that would be the headliner, but but no, LSU has a new coach. Uh, you know, we might, if we have time, we might touch on uh, LSU's undefeated basketball team, men's basketball. But before we do, I want to check in with you guys. It's been a long week. Um, we we had Thanksgiving. We had a long week because you know we had a, we had a coaching search that was up in the air. Meanwhile, you know, we didn't know how the Tigers were going to finish the season. I think uh, both ended on a really great uh, note, uh, most recently yesterday with the, the coaching announcement. But um, I want to see how you guys are doing, how, uh, you know, how your Thanksgiving was and, and all that. It's been a whirlwind five-ish days in the LSU sports world uh, after a good Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, some, some basketball wins, got to go to the football game versus A&M. That was probably the most fun game. It's been in a while. It wasn't too cold. Tigers pulled it out the very end of the dramatic touchdown. Uh, super exciting to watch, like to beat A&M. And then the coaching hire. Um, we had been discussing the coaching hire for probably close to a year now, and I don't think one person <laughs> ever in the entire time mentioned the name Brian Kelly. Uh, and if it would, we did, it was must have just been in passing. But uh, that left field shot is something exciting, and uh, glad to break it down with y'all. Yeah, I mean, I remember talking. I, I think we actually did talk about Brian Kelly, but at the time, it was um, it was in the same league as Dabo. Like he would never leave. Why would he want to leave? He's got you know he's got his he's got a nice a nice uh, little you know kingdom over there. Um, but I think we're all pleasantly I mean surprised. I think that uh, and yeah, it's good to be here with you, Scott. Again, you know, good good weekend, good long weekend, good Thanksgiving, good win for the Tigers and good coaching search news. So, I mean, if we just want to get into it, you know, I think that, um, that for me, at least when it, when it, the news first broke, I was a little bit stunned in that. And almost like, you know, bitter, uh, almost like disappointed, but not, I didn't, I don't really know why I was disappointed. I think it was more so, or mainly because I was like, wait, how really? Why? Like, yeah. because he, like he said, you know, he wasn't, totally on our radars. And I think, but I don't think it was because he was a bad coach or because he's a, a lower end coach. I think it's because people thought there's no way he's leaving. He's, yeah. you know, he's been there for 12 years. Why would he leave? And 
So by, by getting him, I think that really cements LSU for the future. I'm excited about this hire. The more and more as, 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 I, as it sinks in and the more I think about it, I think this is an incredible hire for LSU and really a statement in the world of college football. Absolutely. Uh, and it, it, it's, it, you could say that even though it came on the heels of Lincoln Riley getting hired to USC, which I don't think who? really anybody saw coming. Like as who? far as yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but as far as we knew, he, you know, we thought he was going to be our next coach, but then that didn't happen. Um, but you know, it's, it's funny how all these things work. I, I just, I, in the back of my mind, I thought, you know, after, I think after the first three or four coaches were named and then it moved to a different three or four, after I started seeing that pattern, I thought, you know what, all this is BS. I don't know who's putting it out there, whether it's the other coaches camp or maybe Scott Weber just trying to put some, you know, some smokescreen out there, or just maybe he's trying to find who his own leaks are by putting bad info out there. Who knows? But um, after the third, after the second or third round, I kind of thought, you know what? Nobody knows. Uh, Only Scott Woodward and probably a handful of people. And then maybe at one point, maybe a handful of former players seem to have known but you know they they were able to keep their their lid shut, which is awesome. Um, and I I was like you know what we just have to trust Scott. It's kind of hard because it seems like he whiffed on some big names that we were all looking for. But in the end, uh, I'd say that he got a home run hire. I will agree uh, when you when you said you know you were confused, Tommy, or however you described it. I would agree too. When I heard the name, I when I first saw the report, I thought. No, here's another just a bogus lead that's just not going to go anywhere. But uh, when you think about it, it makes sense. It's like I imagine Scott Woodward wanted an offensive guy, which is what I wanted. But he also wanted somebody that was probably going to be able to that he could trust, you know, to run a clean program. And I, I think that's what Brian Kelly has done, you know, in all of his years, not just at Notre Dame. And, you know, we're going to get an offensive coach. We're going to get a guy that currently has a team that's 11 and one. And it's about to be in the playoffs possibly. Uh, but you know, he's, he's played in the playoffs before. Uh, so I, I, I completely trust the hire. Would, was it someone that I would have thought? No. Uh, but I, I can be excited about it because I feel like we can trust him not to make the, the normal blunders that the last two coaches have made with regards to, you know, having a good QB and, maintaining that and developing it but also not just you know wasting away talent on the offense you know or wasting timeouts for that matter <laughs> you know so i completely trust the hire i don't know if i don't know if anyone saw it coming yeah he maybe he mentioned his name earlier on but um he did very well keeping it it was never it was never it, it was never like at the beginning of the the search, they say, you know what, Brian Kelly's at the top of the list, and then we keep on going and going and going, and they're like, all right, it was Brian Kelly all along. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that over the whole course of the search, all the fans had kind of we kind of duped ourselves into looking for a hot name, yeah. like someone who's on the up and coming, uh, whether that's like Billy Napier who's gone to Florida now, or, or Lincoln Riley, like the hottest of the hot names. And then I wouldn't say that Brian Kelly is a hot name. He's doing good, but it's a solid name. It's a, it's if solid. That, if that makes sense. It's solid. He's it, it, it's weird. And that's why we didn't He's go after underrated. Yeah. Cause it, it was solid and almost so solid that it was like, that it, can't happen. Yeah. Kind of like him or Dabo or Savings, like the people that are just staying, like they have no reason to leave. And so that kind of gets into the, the psyche of like, why would he leave Notre Dame who has maybe the highest profile program 
nationally or like attention wise, besides like maybe Alabama, uh, for us traditionally. Yeah. For LSU, obviously the money is good versus paying them. Was it 10 years, 95 million. Mm -hmm. So 9.5 a year. Less incentives. Yeah. And, but like, that's not that much more than he was making in Notre Dame. And like you said, he's kind of fit to potentially make the playoffs here uh, this year and has done in two of the past three years. Obviously he hasn't brought home the bacon. And in my opinion, that's why he's coming because LSU has won national championships with both of their last two coaches, Les Miles and Ed Orgeron. Some people say, despite their coaching prowess. I I think, I think we can all agree whether you love, hate, like, despise (laughs) any of the former coaches that we've had. Brian Kelly's a better coach than Les Miles. Well, actually, all, coach all, all three of them are past coaches and Nick Saban. I forgot to mention that. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, like, Nick Saban is the undisputed. He's the best. Well, yeah, so, so he recognizes the talent and that we have in the, any given year, LSU could rise at the top. Uh, all the traditional arguments like talent, rich state, everybody in Louisiana is crazy for LSU, blah, blah, blah. Money, and, facilities. And, yeah, and then we have some of the craziest backers in all of football. Uh, so he, he sees the, the light there, like he can – get the jewel that he's been looking for, which is a national championship, which he, he actually won two national championship at grand Valley state in the division two. I wonder if he'd be the first to win uh, a national championship at both levels. I don't know, hmm. but I, I actually didn't really realize he has the most wins out of any coach at the FBS level, like above Saban, um, which counts a lot of years. And of, he has the most in, wins at Notre Missouri. Dame. Yeah. Which is like crazy. Cause you think about Notre Dame, like, in the fifties, didn't they like never lose a game ever? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, he's been plugging away at it for close to 10 years there, maybe more than that. Twelve, Yeah. And they've, they're always in the conversation uh, and they just don't go away. They make the most of what talent they have. And I hope he does the same at LSU. I, I think he'll do, I think like think about Notre Dame and think about if, if you pay attention to college football recruiting, you know that recruiting to Notre Dame is incredibly difficult for a, a bunch of reasons, but mainly because to, you actually have to get into Notre Dame at yep. LSU. You don't have to like necessarily get into LSU the same way that me or Daniel or Scott has to get into LSU. If you're going to, if you're going to go to, if you're going to go to school there regular for an athlete, um, the NCAA allows, uh, allows a, a program to use waivers, academic waivers on a certain number of, of recruits every year. So if a guy just can't get that ACT high enough, well, you know, we'll use a waiver on him. He's fine. No questions asked. Notre Dame, the, uh, the administration there actually does not allow them, their football program, to use that waiver. So every single player you see on, on the field for Notre Dame actually had to get in by hook or by crook to the University of Notre Dame. And that, and, and that turns away a lot of talent. There's also a lot of guys who might, be, who might consider Notre Dame but they, then they get other, you know, top, top tier D one offers, but they don't, and they don't have the ACT score. Maybe their GPA is like borderline. And they're like, you know what? I don't really want to put in the extra work to have, like, I'm not, I'm not tied to this university. I'll just, I'll just go to Alabama. I'll just go to, you know, USC, wherever. And so at, with him having all the resources, all the recruiting resources, then you talk about the talent rich state. I mean, Louisiana, Louisiana has been able to produce pretty much every, position except for one well maybe one and a half positions we talked about it on this podcast we talked about what are the what are what are lsu's deficiencies traditionally year over year recruiting wise offensive line quarterback and brian kelly has had a has had a history of 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 recruiting and and producing top 
level offensive lineman at Notre Dame. That's been their their huge bright spot. That's and true. I hadn't thought about that. I thought you were about to say quarterbacks. I was like, eh, I don't know. No, no, but no, yeah, no, but their no, offensive no. line is definitely, definitely Quentin, What is it? Quentin? Quentin? Quentin Nelson is Quentin like one Nelson, of the best. He's Nelson like an absolute stud. One of the top picks in the draft. <laughs> they get those corn-fed Midwestern boys to play offensive line. And you got to believe all those ten, the 12 years of relationships he's developed in uh, at Notre Dame, they're not going to go away overnight. You know these people know they're the the coaches he's he's um, become friends with in high you know at high schools. He'll still be able to call him and say, "Hey, do you want to? Hey, do you want to come play? Do you want to start tomorrow as a as a uh, you know as a right tackle here at LSU or a left tackle?" So I mean that that's a real problem spot that we've seen. That uh, and it's been something that really nobody's been able to get it right at LSU in a long time. I mean, maybe Saban got it right, but we haven't had elite offensive line play in a very long time and definitely not across the board. Um, right. There's that one year where they were the best in the country voted. Uh, well, we were best in the country at everything that year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. But I mean, there was that one year where our offensive line as a whole and, was voted the best in the country. And I'll, and I will say about that. I do think that they. I think that having Burrow as your quarterback makes as makes that as makes that easier in the same way that having a good offensive line makes Burrow's job easier. I don't think you can have one without the other. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that having a dynamic Heisman Trophy winning quarterback with a who who can make rapid reads doesn't need a lot of time in the pocket, and then uh, and then and then a a dynamic uh, dynamic running back and Clyde Edwards-Helaire who's who's as dangerous outside uh catching the ball and outside of the tackle box as he is in between the tackles i think it just makes i think it, i think it makes them account makes the defense account for more and takes a little bit of pressure off the offensive line what i'd be interested right. to see is what can what can brian kelly you know like let's let's th- look at this think about this offensive line this year which has been a big trouble for us you know year to year to date let's talk about a year from now between the transfer portal recruiting uh, and just, you know, development, what can he do with this offensive line that we have? Because a lot of, a lot of the pieces we have are still, we've got a lot of good pieces. We've, we've talked about that. We have a lot of the talent. I, I think nobody would argue that, that, uh, offensive line is a place where he needs to improve day one. Uh, I mean, you'd also say that, you know, some of the, the recruits that maybe he had coming in, uh, might follow him. You know, there are some guys that decommitted from Oklahoma once Lincoln Riley was leaving, but I mean, there's also the guys that were already coming to LSU, like Will Campbell, that could probably say, "Yeah, I'm I'm even more solidified now." Well, you know, well where was where was Will Campbell and Walker Howard's second choices? Where did they take official visits this fall? Notre Dame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. I think that, and, and and it's it's interesting. That, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in like one recruiting class or one or two players, but a lot of people have said like, look, like LSU has Will Campbell and Walker Howard are muskets. They have to get them because they're the primo talent in a state that you don't see that that much. Like you don't see a top level left tackle come out of Neville or come out of uh, Louisiana in general every year. That's why Will Campbell is so important for us to get. And I remember Daniel, you remember we were, we were covering this when, when they, when the rumblings about Notre Dame started to go and like Will Campbell got his, I remember he got his offer. He posted like, so blessed to like um, blessed to get an offer from Notre Dame. Like it means a lot to me as, as a Catholic. Da, 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 da. 
people were legitimately worried like oh my gosh is he actually gonna right. is he gonna flip walker howard they were worried he was gonna flip to notre dame now you don't have to worry about that yeah another thing i think will be interesting to see over the next couple of months uh in season is how brian kelly established his own kind of culture and fits in with the existing culture at lsu not because he's necessarily like the anti-o but he's more kind of the hard-nosed like traditional coach not so much the like rah-rah guy um and yeah, I mean, he even made a, a quote earlier this season that his team's execution was so bad that they knew the players needed to be executed. <laughs> uh, and that's like something that you're like, never, I mean, that might be almost like a less milesism, but uh, whether the, the per- current players buy into his general mantra and, and way of doing business, I think will be very telling. Um, and then how he shapes that going forward, whether LSU kind of gets on the straight and narrow. Obviously, we've had the problems with the Title IX stuff. And I haven't really even heard anybody's discussion about that because that was a rumor that LSU wanted somebody who's like has a history of like clean Title IX. And Kelly doesn't even have a clean record because he had to vacate all their wins in 2013 and 14 for like academic ineligibility. Like when they went to the national championship, they had to vacate that. Like yeah. Anti-tayo. Yeah. Because they, they were 0 they were 4 that year. They because went they. <laughs> They apparently like had some tutors like helping out their players too much, which is a completely different thing like sexual misconduct. Yeah. But yeah, so they kind of sh- got stricken from the record. I, I I do wonder though how much of that has to do with Notre Dame. I ha- I have I have heard and I don't know as much about his um I don't know a ton about like his experience and like what you know what his time at Notre Dame was like, but I did hear um just from people talking today that while he was there the administration was, was very kind of overbearing. Like that, this is the way you need to act. This is the way we need to conduct our program. Do we know whether he'll be coaching the bowl game or not? It seems no. like he is going to, because he's, he's already, on, thought, he's already on Brad campus, Davis. but Brad Davis was, I mean, yes, I, that was a, that was the official word on Sunday. We didn't have a coach at that point. No, but you know, it wouldn't be the first time that Kelly had done that. He, um, when he left, uh, I think it was Central Michigan, he he ended up coaching the next team, which I think was Cincinnati. And like he coached a team in the bowl game that he had already beaten that season with Central Michigan. So he became like the first coach to beat the same team with a different team in the same season. Or the first, first coach to beat the same team twice with two twice. different teams. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So go, there you go. Uh, no, but I, I, I don't think he's going to be doing that. I think uh, Brad Davis is going to focus on coaching the bowl game, whatever that's going to be. You have to I think he'll be there at least, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll be recruiting, though. I mean, he's gotten well, until now true. until what, January or excuse me, December 15th yeah. for that early signing period. So I think that's what he's going to focus on. And honestly, the guys that are left that are going to this bowl game, it's, you know what, it's just, it's basically a, uh, uh, it's just an extra game for them. It's it's just uh, a chance to get some swag. Yeah, get exactly. a, get an Xbox or get whatever they give you in a goodie bag. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and and that's all it's going to be. But uh, as far as Brian Kelly goes, I I'll say this because um, you were talking about you know what what's he going to be like. I mean, he's not going to be this. He's definitely not going to be like Coach O or Coach Miles to where he's just you know he's I don't. I don't know how much of a player's coach he is. I think he is just from what I've seen in Notre Dame. But like you said, it's a different kind of, I think he's a, from what I've seen and what I've heard, he is a, he is Saban that doesn't, that's a little bit more of a player's coach. 
Okay, but can he go into a house in South Louisiana, or excuse me, a shack in South Louisiana and just shovel down gumbo or, or peel crawfish and relate with those? Well, that, okay, I don't, I, yeah, I, I can't, I don't know about that. I, but I, I just mean like his demeanor, the way he, the way he manages the team, he's, he's much more, I, I don't know if he's going to be the, all the players' best friends, right. but I think he's going to be a little bit more f- chummy. Although, of course, Saban's now chummy. He takes them all out in the lake and stuff like that. So I don't know. But, um, I, you see, you see what I'm saying? Like he's, I don't, it felt like coach O was like trying to be all the players, best friends. Like that yeah. was kind of his persona. Right. I think yeah. he's going to, this. you know, he's going to be more of like a boss, but the boss who you kind of respect. Right. That's how you, that's what you get gather when, when people who played for Notre Dame talk about him, they all seem to be like, yeah, I really respected coach Kelly. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's just a difference between you think like a lot of, a lot of LSU players call coach O, they just call him O. Oh yeah, O's good. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. But I, everyone I hear about talking about Brian Kelly, they're always like, "Yes, Coach Kelly is da 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 da." Yeah, I, I think for that for that reason, you want a little bit of a disciplinary. You want the coaches to not look at them as one of their equals, but one of their you know uh, their superiors, so that you have that respect that yeah, you know, he's the coach, and you just follow what he says. And it's not to say that Brian Kelly's going to come out of the gates and just win everything for us. I mean, it's possible because uh, what we're talking about with the talent difference is what he's done at, uh, at Notre Dame with guys, like you said, that had to probably get a 3-0 or higher versus what he can get in LSU. And But not only that, but I, I feel like from season to season, it's it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to get stagnant. Like there was maybe one season, I think 2016, Notre Dame finished 4-8. and eight. But then the next season, they went 10-3. and three. You know, no. it wasn't like it wasn't like they went five and seven the next. Oh, we're improving. No, it would be like he he can turn it around. It's like there might be that one anomaly every now and then. But I feel like as far as, you know, having the keys and taking this, taking us down, you know, I-10 and staying at 65 up, we're good. No, I, I think you're right. I, mean, I think that the the type of rebuilding year that Notre Dame has and the type of rebuilding year LSU has is drastically different. When Notre Dame loses, you know, like like you think about it with uh, uh, like when they lost Ian Book, uh, you know, like he was like he was like a big time player for them. He was a four year starter. They lose him, they go and they get that guy uh, who, who's their guy now. I forget what what is his name, Jack he, Cone. Yeah, Cone. He's he's a transfer from Indiana, I think. Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. So like, but but they went out and got him. You know, if they don't if you don't have a transfer portal, they're probably in a lot of trouble. As far and they're, and they're you know they who knows they might be a four and eight team again like you said, but it, it, Notre Dame it seems like they build their teams to where it's like okay we're gonna we're gonna have these players for four years and once they get to that junior and senior year we're gonna be really good and then we're gonna have to start all over again that doesn't happen at LSU or it doesn't it shouldn't have to happen it doesn't you know with the with the way that we can recruit he should year in year out with some fluctuations maybe eight wins here, nine wins there, 10 wins here, maybe 11, 12, you know, you never know, but we should be in that kind of consistent, solid team year to year. Mm -hmm. And I think something else that we haven't, we haven't mentioned, but it's important this time last year. Well, maybe not this time, like maybe a month from now last year, uh, we were all very concerned because they they just fired Bo Pelini and who was going to be the next guy. And we all were talking about Marcus Freeman. And 
you know, he, oh man, we, we want him so bad. He's going to be great. He's coached a great defense at Cincinnati, man. He'd do great here at LSU. And then of course, where'd he go? He went to Notre Dame. He went for, went to coach under coach Bill, uh, uh, Brian Kelly. Well, guess who might bring him to, to Baton Rouge? Brian Kelly. We might actually get him. We might actually get the defensive coordinator that we kind of all wanted last year. Um, I mean, I think that's a plus too. It, yeah. It'd be possible. I mean, I know they're trying to get uh, Tommy Reese as well, who's his offensive coordinator, but Marcus Freeman, I don't know. They might hire him at Notre Dame. Like if they offered him the head coaching, I think he might take that. If not, he could come to us. I know Ohio state probably wants him. Uh, what were you going to say, Daniel? I was going to kind of echo what you said that I feel like he's a pretty decent name for the Notre Dame head coaching position, but the rumor is that LSU is trying to make him the highest paid DC in the country, which would be hard to walk away from and kind of stick with what you had for Freeman. Well, and I also heard that Notre Dame had said um, that, that their interim coach will not be their head coach. And a lot of people were being like, Oh, well, like Marcus Freeman is the logical choice for interim coach. And so if they, if that, if they stick to what they said and said, okay, well, like our, whoever interim is not going to be our head coach. You know, I, I, to be honest, I think the, I think the Notre Dame job fits perfectly with another Cincinnati coach. I think Luke fickle is going to end up at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think it's a perfect match. I think that it makes so much sense. He's been pining for a big, for like kind of a big 10 Midwest powerhouse type job. Of course he all, he was passed over really, or maybe not passed over, but, uh, usurped by urban Meyer when Jim Trestle left Ohio state, Luke fickle was of course the interim coach when Jim Trestle had retired. Um, and so I, I, I think fickle, I think fickle actually makes more sense than, than Freeman at Notre Dame. Yeah. So, which, which I, which I'm hoping, mean, maybe I'm kind of saying that being a little bit more optimistic because I want him to be here, but we'll see. One thing I think is going to be very interesting over the next like three to five years is to see who's the ultimate kind of winner of the coaching carousel, mm. especially since LSU is involved in this one. Obviously it turns every year, but we have a bigger stake than usual. So like looking back on it in 2025 or so, like will we be happy with our hire of Brian Kelly or like what, what's USC going to be doing with Lincoln Riley? What's Florida going to be doing with Dan, uh, with uh, Napier, uh, like wherever fickle is, wherever uh, Lane Kiffin is. And then see, kind of look back on it. It's like, did we make the right move? Could we have tried to toss a little more money at it? Um, obviously we're two weeks into a five-year time span in that regard. Um, so I'm pretty happy where we're at now, but I think that'll be something that talking SIGs way in the future, <laughs> have a little, little recap on. I yeah. feel like, I feel like when you're at this level that, that LSU is at, as long as you get into that top, like, I don't think, I don't know how much different. LSU with Lincoln Riley would be versus LSU with Brian Kelly. Um, you know, it's like kind of paradoxical to say, cause it's like, Oh, actually um, it's the, uh, you know, it's the uh, most important thing, you know, da, da, da. coach, if you get it right, it ruins you. If it, I mean, if you, if you get it right, it's success. If you get it wrong, it ruins you. But I think that like when you have a coach that is at the top of their game and it is a, an elite coach, or, or a great, almost elite coach, which I, I would say, I don't know if necessarily Brian Kelly or um, Lincoln Riley are elite, but they're definitely, if they're not elite, they're right underneath. I, I don't know if, you know, it's like, yes, LSU under Lincoln Riley would look different, maybe offensively than LSU under Brian Kelly. But I think when you have that top 
leadership and you have everything, every, they're getting everything right, all the little things, the management's right, the organization is right. I think you're going to have, you know, it's kind of a, you're, you're at the, you're at the dance and who, how it all shakes out, who knows, but I don't necessarily think that like when I'm, when I'm looking across and I'm saying, okay, we got Brian Kelly and they've got, they've got Lincoln Riley and they've got Napier. I don't know if I can't right now. I don't see us as like, man, we're really un, out. Uh, we're really outgunned. No, not at all. Um, but, but I, I'll to add on to that. Uh, I think what LSU got with this coach, which I think what we needed, and I don't know if we would have gotten this with Lincoln Riley is hopefully some longevity because with what LSU has gone through in the last 10 or so years, it's like, we, you know, we, we went through miles and we got order on and we thought, you know, he might be the answer, but he's not like, if we had gotten Riley, you know, like he just up and left Oklahoma. I don't think anyone saw it coming. They thought he might've come here, but we don't know. Uh, and who knows what his aspirations are beyond that? Like, what if he does want to go to the NFL? He's not going to stay at USC if that's the case, you know? And I think with Brian Kelly, you got someone that's, you know, I don't think he wants to go to the NFL either. And he's not going to just up and leave LSU to go take, you know, some other head coaching job in the, uh, you know, in college. I, I hopefully uh, he sees LSU as a long-term thing because he's 60, you know, Lincoln Riley's what still in his thirties. So uh, no, 40, I think he's 40, he's 40, like maybe 40, about four, 42. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So Lincoln Riley, you know, he's in his early forties. He can still jump to the NFL if he wants to, and then come back if he didn't like it, just yeah. like Saban did. I mean, he, Saban was, did that in his fifties. So I, I feel like with Brian Kelly, hopefully we got some stability, you know? No, I, I think, I think so. You can't imagine everybody thought Brian Kelly was going to retire at Notre Dame. See, so I can't imagine him going to a, to another location after LSU. Yeah, it's much more likely that he gets ousted than he just walks somewhere else. I mean, there's not many more locations, like you said, that are above this at, at this point in his career and in the college football sphere. So we might be in with him for the long haul unless we uh, get frustrated after a couple of years, which is not out of the question, obviously, no. with what happened to O, but hopefully it'll be a bit more stable than that. I think, I think that Brian Kelly, is, unless, he, unless he ends up you know, in bed with a blonde on social media or something, I think he'll be here to stay. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that'll be the case. But uh, Daniel <clears throat> brings up a good point because um, what we have right now is this, you know, uh, all right, Let's let's see something. Let's see some immediate results. And I don't know if it's the boosters or the fan bases, but there's a lot of teams out there where they get somebody like AM, LSU. I'll throw in Florida as well because both of those are like all three of those coaches, uh, Jimbo, Cocho, and Dan Mullen. They've all got a very similar record in their first, uh, you know, whatever their like the last three years or so. I think it's like 34 and 16. They're all similar. Jimbo's the only one staying put. Jimbo's the one that was making the bigger bucks. But if you look at their records, they're all comparable. Granted, it falls down to certain wins and certain losses and just kind of how the team has been carrying itself throughout the season. But the records are comparable. So I, I think, uh, I hope, you know, Billy Napier gets this in Florida. Like they give him at least three, four years. Because if they're looking at year two and it's not where they want to be and they're all starting, oh, I don't know if this is the right hire. It's like, well, give him time. Look what he did with Lafayette. That's why you hired him. Same with Brian Kelly. I think LSU fans, or I hope LSU fans can give him at least three years. Like he might do something better before that, but if you give him three years, that should be where 
you know, he's going to have the program where we want it to be, hopefully. Yeah. Like the, the one thing you just don't want, and we're, I don't think we're anywhere near this at this point, but to get into a kind of whirlpool, like you have it, you see at Texas or like Florida state or Texas went from uh, Charlie strong to Tom Herman. Now it's a Steve Sarkeesian in the matter of like eight years or so, maybe even less than that. Uh, and they're just like every two to three years kicking it to the next guy. And I, I don't think Brian Herman really fits into that mold. He's much more steady hand. I would say high floor type of guy. Um, but yeah, it went two and a half years or I guess three years actually. And then whether Kelly will be the coach after three years is yet to be determined, but hopefully he is to quote our guy. And he's not, and he, we're not, but, but also we're not at the depths that those programs. Were yeah. Under. Yeah. I so, agree. I mean, we, we just won a national close. championship two years ago. Well, not And, and that or we're six and six. <laughs> I mean, come on, like six and six on the grand scheme. We're not, we're not two and we're not, Although that's two what, and 10. that's what Florida state said. They won a national championship in 2014 and they were floundering three years after that. I know, but that's my point is like, like Florida state's floundering under like Willie Taggart and all that was a lot worse than our floundering. Sure. Sure. I'll, I'll agree to that. Uh, but point being is um, we, the last two years, like it was not happening. And you know, you, you can see all the comments on, on social media about, Oh, they fired a coach two years after he won a title. Who wants to go there? Like, well, somebody that knows that they can win. Cause if they look at coach Jones, go, how did this guy win a title? Uh, <laughs> They, they can see, uh, well, if Coach O, unless Miles can win a title, just, just by Imagine the what I can do when I actually do things, when I actually have a process. Exactly. So I'm, I'm not worried about it. I want to give him time, but I already know that he can, I don't know, Colin Cowherd said he could have him competing next year for a title. I don't know about that, but I don't think it's going to take him that long because of like we've talked about already, the talent's already there. They just need guidance. And we're gonna need we're gonna have somebody that can develop a QB for crying out loud. I don't know if it's gonna be one of ours. He might bring in one of his own, but you know, I mean, he's already got Max and in and uh, Howard on the way, the Nuss and Howard on the way, and who knows what else? You know, maybe maybe uh, maybe a Manning takes a look now that Brian Kelly's there. Who knows? But point being is, whoever's there, I, I trust him in Brian Kelly's hands more than I would anyone else. You know. <laughs> LSU was looking at maybe except for Lincoln Riley. I, I want to learn more about Tommy Reese. I think that that's going to be something I look into. Um, he actually played for Kelly. He did. Yeah. yeah. He was a quarterback for him, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he had, he had to name him, I think, cause you know, Notre Dame, this was back when they, they had to vacate those games. Like you were talking about earlier, Daniel, he, uh, they had to get rid of their quarterbacks because he was ineligible and uh i guess brian kelly gave the keys to tommy reese but now he's their uh he's their offensive coordinator and he did pretty well in their first season i think he went like he was in his first season they went 10 and 3 so not too bad i'm, I'm telling you i liked i liked ian book I, I and i've kind of been traditionally a notre dame hater um but especially like last year i liked the way that team played i, I enjoyed that was it when they played they played georgia no they played clemson last year um that was a good game i enjoyed watching that one uh i mean i i mean i I don't know i'm excited i I think i think that we i think we're in a good place yeah i agree and yeah like we said we don't have the coordinators locked down we'll probably be bringing that in the next couple weeks as that rolls around um but yeah got a got a good team good coach i hope uh good win this past week Mm -hmm. yeah we'll get to that in a second but uh since you mentioned coaches i i saw that they were gonna you know, I, I would say presumably, but you never know. But it, it's total no-brainer. They're going to retain Corey Raymond, possibly 
Kevin Falk as well, and Blake Baker, the linebacker coach. That's then, I've also heard Mickey Joseph potentially. Maybe, but I mean, if if we're able to get you know if if, if Brian Kelly gets his way and gets Tommy Reese and uh, Marcus Freeman down here, I I don't know you know how, how that shakes out. I can't imagine Marcus Freeman you know like how would he say no to Corey Raymond? Because one thing you know we're talking about these guys recruiting down here. Corey Raymond is the guy, so I, I don't know why you would. You know, I, I think that's just a, a locked-in coach right there. But, uh, I mean, I, I think I could trust whoever he brought in because Notre Dame did just fine. Um, but there is that. But, I mean, there is the, uh, you know, the LSU A&M game we could get to. But did you guys have any more thoughts on the on the, on the coaching situation or no? I, I think we can all just, we can all just, you know, breathe. We can all breathe better now. We don't have to hold our breath anymore. Yeah, I'm happy to not to talk about rumors for like 12 pods in a row. Yeah, I mean, I th- you know, I, I think that we we accomplished everything that Scott Woodward said he wanted to do and that kind of LSU fans wanted. We've got a proven big-name coach who <clears throat> you can you can logically say, yeah, and Brian Kelly went up against Nick Saban and he won. You know, that makes sense. Um and so I, you know, I'm just ready. I'm ready to get, let's go. Let's, let's get started. I'm ready for spring. I want to see, I want to see how we can, our development. Oh, I, you can imagine that, that what that spring game is going to look like as far as, you know, seats, <laughs> like, is it going to be packed or what? I, I yeah. think it will be. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm excited. I, I want to see what he can do. Unfortunately, we have to wait. We have to, you know, we still have possibly a bowl game to, to, to look at, you know, with the, the guys that we still have here. But uh, I think everyone can, breathe a big sigh of relief and we can you know i just know scott woodward was just kind of laughing to himself the whole time it was probably so exciting he he probably got such a kick out of seeing every name that came out you know even mark stoops at one point he was probably he was probably giggling silly in his bed to himself looking at all these names that were popping up but uh he 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 said he was going to go big game hunting and he this guy brought home a big one but to uh to wrap up LSU's current season, uh, the the Tigers did end up sending Coach O out in style with a win over the Aggies, and it, it, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. You could see that the Tigers had it early on, but then slowly but surely, kind of like we've seen before, you know, they just kind of it's like the offense was clicking earlier on, then it kind of just slowed down. The defense was holding them earlier, then they kind of just started letting stuff happen offensively for A and M. And, you know, credit to, to A&M and their quarterback, who I think had his shoulder dislocated at one point during the game, and they had to go in the injury tent and pop it back in. Uh, he had that happen earlier in the season, but, I mean, that's just – that's a lot of pain right there if you've never had that happen. Uh, so, you know, credit to them. They, they try to make a game out of it, but LSU was not to be denied. And all game, it seemed like Max Johnson was – either had, you know – enough time to make a good pass or he just sat there and was waiting to be sacked. It's like he was seeing who could sack him the fastest. Um, and that almost happened on that last play too. It's like he got that ball out just, just in the nick of time <laughs> to Dre Jenkins, who just had a perfect catch and just, he basically could just continue his steps into the end zone to win it for coach. O. And that was, it was, cause it's gotta be such an emotional win for not just coach. O, but for everyone on the team you know, based on what they've been through. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, 
I, 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 you know, I'll be honest. I, I wanted them to win so that they could go to a bowl game just for the guys that could finish off the year, finish off their careers. You know, not all of them are going to go pro, but some of them are. Uh, but, you know, just I know Coach O probably wasn't going to coach it, you know, the, the bowl game. But I, I don't know. I, I felt like he he saved some face in, A, ending with a win, but also not ending with a subpar record, uh, a sub-500 record, uh, which would have been the first to do so since Jerry DiNardo back in 99. So, I mean, he he did say face that way. So, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I was I, – I got a funny story – uh, as far as uh, listening slash watching to the game, but uh, Daniel, you were there. Tommy, were you there or no? Yeah, yeah, you. Were, so, so you guys were there. You guys were there. Uh, how was it? Because I, I could only see some of it on TV, and I could just hear what the announcers were saying. But I want to get your perspective on, you know, the game itself, but also the crowd. Because I heard it wasn't like a full stadium, but they were mighty. The ones that were there. Yeah, that's a pretty accurate description, I would say. Kind of a voice crack. Um, but the, the same would probably 60-ish percent full. But the people were on their feet yelling most of the whole time. I think it's what led to my voice being like this now is trying to scream the whole second half, basically, uh, in the student section. And so it, it was a fun time. After the win, it reminded me kind of the 2019 season a little bit. Like, this is what, like, you want to go to the game day experience for this. Like, this is why people show up and want to watch LSU football. Um, it, obviously it would have been a little bit different if we had lost uh, the win always feels better, uh, but it did feel really good. Everybody was pressing down towards the field it, for a second. It seemed like the, the, the crowd was going to rush the field, but then the, the police stared everybody down a little bit and it didn't happen, but everyone was gathering. And then, yeah, like when Drenching and scored the touchdown with 20 something seconds left, it was nuts uh and uh very very fun a good like pretty much game day experience i think uh, some of the absence had to do with obviously the fact we haven't aren't as good as in years past plus the thanksgiving holiday people are traveling and, and not really around to see it yeah but i was glad to be there um lsu put on a decent performance it looks like we we're going to choke with the two touchdowns from a&m uh, in the fourth quarter as our offense had, was kind of stalling out but then all it took was one last play uh, and then a few key plays like uh, Trey Palmer, like fumbling a punt return, but then the refs kind of giving it back to us. I didn't even realize it had happened in real time. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about, Scott? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I saw it happen. I thought, Oh God, please don't let that be a phone or like it. He stripped it. They stripped it from him. Yeah. No, um, I, I think you're totally right. Daniel, that was the first game in no joke two years where I've been like, okay, that was LSU football. And and you're you're right. Like the win does does make it better. But I think winner winner lose. Like that atmosphere that we saw on Saturday night. That's that's what it needs to be. That's what it was. Yeah, completely. I don't know what changed. Like I don't know what it was about. Like maybe it was the fact that kind of everyone was like, oh, this is like Christmas Eve. Like it's about to be over. We're gonna you know turning a new page kind of thing. But it really everything felt different. It felt great. It was good to be back. I really, to, to be honest, I didn't want to go to this game. I thought it was going to be, um, I didn't, I thought we were going to, I mean, we all predicted him to lose, I think. And, you know, I was just thinking, you know, this is going to be, uh, uh, but I mean, I'm glad I went and, and I'm, I'm glad that, that, that atmosphere is still, is still there. And, and I, I'm just looking forward to getting, you know, getting back to the way uh, Tiger stadium is supposed to be um, next year. Yeah. Right and on. I think something else that had to do with it was, 
it was pretty much neck and neck the whole game. Like LSU like got out to a 20 or a 20 to 10 lead in the third quarter, but pretty much the whole way it was like anybody's ball game. And especially against a team like A&M, I think everyone in the crowd realized kind of what was going on. Like it was important for both teams in that sense. And also the A&M, like they had their full band there. They're, they had their yell leaders. They were being loud on their side. And so that kind of, I think, riled the LSU crowd up in general too, to kind of combat that, I guess you could say. And then it was, it was back and forth like the stadium when they scored their second touchdown in the fourth quarter to take the lead uh, for the first time in the game, they were pumped up. Like all of our fans were dead silent. They were doing their yells. Um, But then when LSU, obviously we took it and then we, we came back strong. I looked on ESPN's little uh, chance of win predictor and it had a&M is a 98.7% chance to win after they scored their second touchdown uh, before Max led that last drive. But uh, a little bit of Coach O magic he saved for his very last game. I mean, right? can we just talk about the way that Max Johnson operated that offense in the last series of the regular season? Yeah, where has that been? Who is that guy? Yeah, is, was that the same Max Johnson? Is that the same Jake Peets? You know, the right. crazy thing is that Co- they asked Coach O, like, what What did you think about the last play? Like, was that his primary read or, uh, to throw to, to Jenkins, or is that something else? And Coach O said, I didn't even have the headset on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? I, 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 guys, I checked out weeks ago. I, I, <laughs> he was I, thinking I, about Destin already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those co-eds in Destin. Yeah, I, it, it was totally different. It's like, wh- why? You see this often, though. It's like, why can we have that for the whole game? Why does it have to be a two minute drill? And like it is set up as the perfect two minute drill. It's like we had, you know what the ball, I think within the 20 and we had two minutes to go the whole length of the field. And I thought, God, it's going to take us almost all that whole two minutes if we can at all. Uh, and they did, but they, you know, they still had 20 seconds or whatever to spare, which was amazing. Uh, and then they pretty much ended the game on a sack, which was even better. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, it was interesting because I, to to tell you guys, I I actually had gone out of town to see family for the holiday, and I wanted to get back. We left early Saturday, so we were on the road. I thought we would be back before the game started. wasn't quite the case, but I was able to catch it on some uh, you know XM radio. But it was the A and M feed, so Ooh. it was very, it was it was very interesting to hear them. You know, it wasn't bad. You know, it was it was kind of biased like you might expect but it, it actually wasn't that bad these guys were kind of enjoyable I, I forget their names but uh you just heard a lot of cool tidbits um one of which being they were t- talking about you know the fans at the game and you say oh they, they made a comment like oh these are the you know these you know these aren't the fair weather fans here like these are the you know the diehards yeah the fair weathers and they made a comment like oh you mean all those guys that bought their bumper stickers after 2019 <laughs> So there was that comment. I, I just kind of, you know, rolled my. What about eyes. all the guys? Who, what about all of them who bought their cups after 2018? <laughs> I know, right? It's like let's see the cup after this game. Uh, but they did give an interesting tidbit. It was funny because they were talking about the uh, the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game was still going on, so they were kind of talking about that in between. Uh, and apparently, there was at one point Lincoln Riley called a timeout. And you know they were playing at Oklahoma State. Oh yeah, <laughs> the Oklahoma they they started playing Colin Baton Rouge. Yeah, you heard about that? Yeah, that was hilarious, hilarious. What a troll! What a troll! At the, at the stadium, everybody was stressing, freaking out, trying to figure out what was going on in the Bama game versus Auburn because 
like the cell phone reception is bad. Like me and some other people, we, we had it on our phone that it was like, it was going over time. It was about it, it, like second over time, third over time. We didn't know what was going on. And then everybody was hoping that Bama uh, was going to go down, obviously. Right. And that, that didn't happen. Saban worked his magic wow. somehow. Uh, but it was a, just a crazy day of college football overall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, to go back to the, uh, the Bama Auburn game. Um, yeah. It's like, how, how does that happen where Auburn, did okay offensively. It was basically, uh, you know, TJ Finley running it. And, you know, they're up 10 to nothing until the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, everything that was working for Auburn stopped. And Bama was able to tie the game to throw it into overtime. And while I was traveling, I was on I-85 heading towards Auburn. And I said, oh, my God, I, I do not want to get stuck in this after-game traffic. Luckily, it went into overtime. We actually had to stop at the Auburn exit to get gas there were troopers all over the bridge waiting to just shut it down um so we gassed up and it was still in like the second overtime perfect so we got out of there and then you could see some of the uh, i guess it was the, the alabama buses coming down the other way on 85 with the uh, the troopers blocking off traffic and i was like we got out just in time uh you would have yeah i would have liked to have seen auburn win also but you know i, I think uh it'll kind of set up a good SEC, a better SEC championship game. I mean, Alabama was going to go regardless, but at least now Georgia will have, uh, you know, they'll, they'll beat hopefully a, a one loss Alabama instead of a two loss Alabama. Um, Cause I really do not want Alabama to end up in the playoff whatsoever. So I was hoping they were going to get that second loss before the SEC, SEC championship game didn't work out that way, but um, at, at least we avoided the traffic. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Daniel, a crazy game in all of college football um, starting with, what you know they call the game ohio state and michigan um man michigan just took it to them ohio state for what however good they looked since that loss to oregon they did not look like the same team and you know kudos to michigan i know tommy's probably like i did not want to see harbaugh succeed right but but, does it but here they are but yeah it's like just in, in this year um this is what i was gonna ask you guys if i'd have told you this year you know Georgia and Alabama playing for the SEC title, not that, not that, not really not a reach at all, right? Like that's who you might expect. It's the game oh, everybody's well, been waiting for. Exactly. But what if I told you that in the Big Ten it was going to be Michigan and Iowa, or what if in the Big Twelve it was going to be Oklahoma State and Baylor? It's like no one would have saw that coming. Yeah. Right. Or or the ACC, Wake Forest and uh, God, I forget who they're playing now. I think uh, Pittsburgh. Thank you, Pittsburgh. Uh, so it's yeah, it's just total total upended. Um, what what other what other games? What other games did you guys get to see? My biggest letdown: UTSA choked the perfect season. Uh, uh, they they were eleven and zero with the Roadrunners, and they got blown out by North Texas. Uh, so that was tough to see. But yeah, like like we mentioned, a lot of close games. Uh, Harbaugh in the snow against Ohio State winning the the Alabama uh, Auburn game like we mentioned and then the the Bedlam game I wish I could have seen that too but I was at LSU uh, so it just makes me excited for the big conference championships and then the the playoff rankings after that they just literally just came out with the playoff rankings uh, now they, they moved Michigan up to number two ahead of Alabama which is very surprising to me um, usually they try and put Alabama in as good of a position as possible. And I was sure they were going to do it so they could have the one versus two matchup in the SEC championship, mm-hmm. but they, they moved Michigan ahead and kept Cincinnati at four, which puts them in a primo spot to make the playoff. So uh, Bearcats on top. Who, who yeah. will the Bearcats play in their conference? I believe they're playing Houston. Um, okay. 
who are actually pretty good, but I expect Cincinnati to take care of business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see Cincinnati in the playoff, uh, Michigan over Alabama. Yeah. You wouldn't think like, well, if these two teams played, I, I imagine Alabama would win, but I, I think the committee is just looking at what Michigan did versus Ohio state and giving them credit for that. But they're also looking at the last three games Alabama's played where they have not looked like the usual Alabama granted, you know, like if, if Alabama played any of those teams, 10 times they'd probably win six or seven but it's just they they just do not look like the regular alabama right alabama hasn't looked crisp hasn't looked crisp at the end of the year uh, and then meanwhile you, you think about what the absolute i mean just skull dragging that ohio state did to michigan state two weeks ago yeah. to see to and then to see how michigan responds to that i think they're giving them credit for that we all thought uh you know this was a number seven michigan state team at the time being just railroaded by Ohio state. Um, it's, uh, I think it's probably just giving them some credit for that. Yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of good atmospheres, the Michigan looked bumping because uh, they were playing at home against Ohio state. Everybody was decked out in the yellow snow coming down. Maybe not the most comfortable, but the big house was packed. Yep. And I was like, that, that looks like a lot of fun uh, to, to finally see them. Cause most of those students, they haven't seen Ohio state lose since they were like less than 10 years old. <laughs> Right. Uh, but I, I, yeah, it's probably really, really cold, but I, I think that's how they like it up there. That's how they wanted it. I'm interested so, to see Baylor oh. play in the big 12 championship and see if Aranda can pull it out. That'd be a, a yeah. big deal for him. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, it's like just looking at all the other coaches that were mentioned up until, you know, LSU ultimately went with Brian Kelly. You look at, uh, I don't know what Aranda, you know, if, you know, I mean, he's going to stay put. I don't know if they're going to, increase his salary, extend him or what, but look at all the other coaches that have been extended and increased like Mel Tucker. He's basically getting nine and a half million to state Michigan state where like we're giving Brian Kelly pretty much nine and a half million. Right. And look at everybody else that has decided to stay. Um, they, it's just, you're welcome the rest of the college football. Cause this happened when miles was almost going to leave and they kept him. It's like everyone else started getting raises and how many guys have got a raise this year because LSU was looking for a coach. So don't tell me that it's not a top job in the country. If just the fact that we're looking for a coach can get somebody else like, uh, you know, like a 50, well, 30% raise. We'll, we'll say that. Um, but yeah, it's like now, I mean, I don't know if anyone saw Riley going to USC. I think that's actually a good hire for them. Uh, I don't know if he'll stay there, how it's going to work out, but uh, the PAC 12, honestly, it's wide open. I, if I was a coach and just wanted to, established my brand and I had an opportunity to go to the Pac-12 I would do it I mean there's there's no there's no clear out front winner like you know Alabama or Ohio State or anything like that so uh, you you could have your way out there I don't blame plus you know Lincoln Riley's in LA so I saw this where they bought two houses in Oklahoma and they bought him a house in LA supposedly Mm -hmm. and I heard they're doing that with Brian Kelly like they bought some some homes in South Bend and they're going to buy him a home maybe even a houseboat in Baton Rouge. Have you guys heard anything about that? I heard about a houseboat. Um, maybe maybe it, was, maybe it was some just some Twitter BS. No, but but the, that is true, though, that part of Lincoln Riley's deal <laughs> with SC is that they bought his two houses for $500,000 above market Over, value. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like just give him money. Um, it's a bonus. It's a bonus, basically. A bonus, yeah. Um, and then they're giving him a house in L.A. I wouldn't be surprised if if they if LSU gives Brian Kelly a house in, in Baton Rouge. LSU sure. m- make me an offer for my apartment to see I'd if like Brian Kelly wants to come in. 
Uh, I'll sell sell you my apartment. There you go. Five hundred thousand dollars. Mark Kelly looked our loft. <laughs> we could offer it. We, we, I'll donate it to the school. So um, that's that's pretty much where we're at with uh, with college football. We got the conference championship games coming up this weekend. You know, some more playoff seedings. Uh, I guess the final one after this weekend. So we'll see what it's going to look like. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have any prediction for uh, for LSU bowl game where that might be. But uh, if you do toss it out, but I saw I, I saw Independence Bowl versus BYU in Shreveport. That could be good. That's 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 kind of that's what I thought was might, they might go to the Independence or the you know the RNL Carriers whatever the you know the well what's now Caesars Dome. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything is open, I imagine. Um, but it won't be Coach O. So I mean, there's another. I feel like there'd be another chance for magic there but i guess not but um in the midst of all this of all these games these uh these playoff seedings and these these coaches leaving coming going all that stuff amongst all that is is lsu basketball sitting at seven and oh uh having just won the emerald coast classic tournament actually so and what's the the real kicker you know, it's like no one's really – I don't know if anyone's paid attention to this other than LSU fans. I mean, I don't think the, the poll voters have because in spite of all that, LSU is still not ranked, which is just bizarre to me. But Rank, Ranked uh, the Will, Tigers. Will, yeah, Will Wade's got his Tigers 7-0. and uh, They're not ranked, but, you know, you got to think if they keep winning, that, that, can't, that can't stay true. That's going to have to change. And there's no way that they can go like – 20 and 0 and just like still not yeah you know, it's just ridiculous but um how about those basketball tigers yeah i watched the the penn state game in the semifinals of the tournament when they won in overtime mm-hmm. that was a very stressful game uh yeah. she wasn't i would say on top of their their game but no. they they clutched it out in the end and then the wake forest game was ongoing during the football so obviously i couldn't watch that but i was pleasantly uh not surprised but was just happy to see that result at the end so uh, Tigers roll on. They only have one game this week, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday against Ohio. So I would imagine we can clean them up and move to eight and no. And then we don't play again until December 11th in the holiday hoops giving <laughs> uh, against Georgia Tech. But um, yeah, like doing good things as we keep. I think there's like 20 or so remaining undefeated teams in all of college football or college football, college basketball out of 300 and something. So uh, a, a good club to be in. Well, not only that, but um, you just look at those last two games. Uh, you know, LSU had kept pretty much every team under sixty, and they almost continued that streak. Uh, it was fifty-eight all at the end of regulation against Penn State. So you could say LSU has kept everyone under, well, except for Wake Forest. I think they had sixty-one, but still, I, I think we can kind of see a trend here. LSU can they can play defense. They can keep teams to at or under 60, which I think is that, that, that bodes very well moving forward. Granted, you know, we we're going to have uh, Kentucky coming in. We're going to have the rest of the sec slate. Uh, so we're going to see how, how that works with them. But uh, I think all, all signs are pointing to a, to a good season for the, for the Tigers. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. I, again, we, we keep saying this, but you know, I'm, I'm ready to get to the PMAC. I'm ready to see this squad. I really like the depth that we have. And as we've said on talking ticks last year, um, we are, we are being proven to be correct. Darius days is the key 
to our uh, to, to success on the court with this team, or it was the key last year. And it, he's firing at all cylinders of really being a great leader this year. Yeah, and it's a bit annoying that LSU's first SEC home game isn't until January 4th. So we got over a month away uh, for that. But it's a home against Kentucky, against John Calipari. So I'm sure that the stands are going to be full for that game. Uh, so it's exciting for the Tigers. And like you mentioned about the defense, I think traditionally good defensive teams have had more success like in March Madness uh, in, like, in the late stretch of the season than kind of the high-flying offenses for whatever reason. Um, so I think that bodes well, which is a contrast to our traditional style under Will Wade the past couple of years when it was try and put up 85 points and hope that the other team doesn't score more than you. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, let me ask you this, because it is just – I don't know. I guess I'm I'm kind of stuck on this LSU not even getting, you know, votes to be ranked thing. But you know, they're seven and zero, and they've already beat you know in succession Wake Forest, Penn State, uh, you know, two Power Five teams. Why do you think it's the fact that these voters are expecting, or they have some sort of grudge or axe to grind against? Will Wade himself because of, you know, the past indiscretions that we still haven't seen any repercussions on. Like, do you think that they're thinking, oh, well, he's just playing, you know, the, the whole program's tainted. So we don't want to give him credit for anything. Like, do you I think, think it's, I think it's more to do with kind of the, they ain't played nobody yet. Like argument, because even though LSU is seven and O in like college football terms, they're like two and O basically like the season that hasn't even really started. Uh, so, and then our best win is Wake Forest who, they were seven and zero as well, but like they're in the kind of same boat as us. So until we start knocking out some tougher talent, I think they won't really kind of put some respect on our name. Uh, but yeah, KenPalm.com, which is kind of the biggest like analytics, like most reputable site, they rank every single team from one to three hundred fifty something, and they have LSU at number seventeen uh, in terms of like stats based performance. So I think that's about where we are, uh, and hopefully that continues to go up. Yeah. I'm not worried about the ranking. I think, I think we'll be all right in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a field of 64, so it doesn't matter as long as they're part of that 64. Right. Uh, I, I just, to me, it's just a respect thing. Uh, Cause if, if that's, I, I guess that was going to be my point is if, if they are holding some sort of grudge, it's like how, how many other teams are part of the same, uh, you know, a part of the same investigation to where they, you know, these coaches are, you know, are guilty of or accused of the same thing. Uh, and they're, they're getting ranked like they normally do the blue bloods anyway. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guys, I think, I think we kind of covered everything that, that needed to be covered. Uh, do y'all have any, uh, any parting thoughts on anything? I don't think so. I think this is probably maybe if not our best, our most positive podcast in a while yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> podcast in maybe two years, which I'm happy about. It, it gets a, a little bit annoying to have to be like, Oh, LSU sucks. So who's going to be our coach week in and week yeah. out. Yeah. And so it, it was refreshing to be able to, to drop some positive news on you. And I hope the tiger nation enjoys that as well. Definitely. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Uh, so they'll, they'll tune in some more and they'll get some more positive pods from us. Uh, starting with next week. Um, we'd, I think I'm back by then we will know, um, you know, how everything's going to shake out as far as the conference championships and who's going to be playing where with every bowl game. Uh, so by the time that we uh, record next, we will know uh, what L- what bowl game LSU is going to be playing in. And, you know, I guess, I guess, like we said, Brad Davis is going to be coaching it. Uh, we'll see that. Well, I don't know. We'll see uh, what Brian Kelly's done with his, uh, with his first week. Cause he, you know, he met with the players, 
today. Uh, I don't know. I'll be honest, Tommy, though. You, you, sent, you sent that picture of uh, it could have been a really great moment, but just looking at the players, I don't know. It, you can tell they're just still trying to size him up, right? It's like he's, he's, he's totally different for the program than what we're used to, but I, I think it can be a good thing. I just wonder, you know, how long it's going to take for them to, you know, kind of buy in or just be on board, I guess. Uh, but I think all the, the powers to be and the former players are completely behind it. Um, so we'll see what happens in this next week. But uh, until then, I hope everyone has a, a good week. Stay safe. Stay tuned. Hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I know we did. And we will talk to you next time on Talking Takes.